This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast, the show where we give you an inside look into aviation careers. Well, this episode is a question and answer episode and a little bit different than others that we uh, don't have a guest today, uh, but uh, got a little bit behind on some of the uh, questions here. So I want to kind of catch up in this uh, episode. Some exciting things are going on with Aviation Careers Podcast. By the way, uh, a lot of folks want to write in and ask questions. The best way to do that, go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. So let's jump right into the show and let's look at some of the things that we're going to talk about and uh, the questions. The first one is a question that, uh, or actually it's a comment, it says, great podcast on AMA missionary missionary pilot Brian Pottinger from Indonesia. He saw all the AMA YouTube videos, says he can't get enough of what a challenging job and he's doing it for people who appreciate his efforts. I'd like to know how to apply as a pilot at AMA. Do they have a website to apply at? He further says that he's on LinkedIn and he's currently employed as a truck driver, has a four-year degree in aircraft systems management, has a commercial pilot's license, single-engine, multi-engine instrument, CFI, MEI, but he has low total time of 500 hours. What I did is I forwarded that question on to Brian Pottinger, and he actually was able to get back to him. Uh, If you have any other questions for some of our guests, of course, go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. Although uh, they don't actually have a website set up right now. I think it's it's been down for a while. Uh, they are working on putting that together. So again, if you're interested in any of these uh, people that talk on here about jobs and all, uh, I encourage you to contact them directly. We don't actually do any of the uh, any recruiting ourselves, but I will pass along that to those folks. Um, Anyway, that was a great question, and thanks for that. We'll, uh, and if you have a question for Brian, just send that along to us. Next question comes in, and it says, Hello, Carl. As an avid flight simmer and aviation enthusiast, I've been a dedicated listener of your podcast. Today I'm writing you about a Kickstarter project for the love of flight and aviation film. Uh, it's an 18-year-old private pilot, and he'd like to make a film about aviation and what it's like to be a pilot and what are the careers in aviation. He gave us a link to a, a Kickstarter, and uh, he said, P.S., I don't fly myself, and I love your podcast. Thank you for all the hard work. Uh, I just I got back to him. This was my response to him. You know, basically, as a policy, we don't accept campaigns that raise money, uh, except, obviously, those paid placements from our sponsors on the podcast. Um, with that said, since, you know, the, the campaign is actually over now, I will share this video that uh, he put on the uh, uh, Kickstarter uh, program, so... It's really interesting. Uh, it, it was very inspirational for me, so I'd like to share that with people. Um, but yeah, normally we get so many requests on a daily basis uh, for people trying to raise money uh, for their aviation training, etc. Of course, if you want to get money for aviation training, we have a website for that, and uh, that's the Aviation Scholarships Guide, or just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com and uh, uh, click on scholarships. But I did want to mention it in this podcast, and thanks for the email. He actually, uh, afterwards, uh, wrote me back. It's from Bill, and he uh, he said he was surprised to hear that I was near uh, Sky Manor in Hunterdon County. Uh, he's actually in the New Jersey area himself. Uh, and uh, he said, you know, again, he really loves the podcast and uh, <laughs> you're associated with, you know, he talked about Stuck Mike, also Aviation Careers. 
Um, even though I'm not a real pilot, he says, only a flight sim slash computer geek, I love hearing about aviation, the airline industry, and general aviation. I thought that was terrific that uh, he's listening to this. It's And if you're listening to this right now and you're not interested in a career in aviation, it is kind of fun to hear what other people do. And that's one of the reasons we put this together and have all these different types of interviews. Uh, for a good laugh, he included a, a screenshot of him flying the, an Airbus uh, on his computer. And uh, actually, we're going to put that in the show notes. So check out his uh, his his link there to that, that image. Um, but really neat stuff. It's neat to see people that are really uh, passionate about aviation. And uh, we all absolutely love what we do in aviation. Well, moving on to our, our next question here. Next one is, um, oh, let's see. It comes in from... Says first, uh, let me say how much I appreciate your podcast. It's a great resource for someone like me. I have a few questions I'd like to ask because I could really use some advice. I'm currently 27 year old, and earlier this year I went on my first plane trip. I'm a bit of a late bloomer, I guess. From the moment the landing gear left the runway, I was hooked. I feel in love with aviation, and now I feel like I belong in the sky. I want to be an airline pilot. I guess my first question would be. Have I waited too long? I'm almost 28. Is that too late to start at the very beginning of this path? I'm assuming that it isn't. The next question would be, what's the best step to accomplish this goal? It's looked into flight schools, which have a, you know, a shorter career track program. In other words, you go in, you get all your ratings really quickly, and then you, there's a career track to actual regional. Uh, it's a great way to, to build hours, he, he feels, and, and I think it is too. An issue that I have is that I don't have a college degree, he continues, which, as you know, is a requirement for working for the major U.S. carriers, which is the ultimate goal. So maybe a university with an aviation degree program is a better choice. I'm really confused as to what to do. My last concern is cost. Because of my credit rating, it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, to get a loan for college or flight training. Thank you for your time. Well, you know, <laughs> to, to make you feel better, I didn't start my aviation career until I was 32 years old. And uh, we've actually had some of these same questions answered in a previous episode, uh, in episode 37, Is It Too Late to Fly? And we talked a little bit about flying clubs uh, versus 141, and uh, that's what you're talking about with the larger flight schools, the part 141, where the the program is compressed because it's approved by the FAA, and it's a great thing to do, I think, to, to move through your ratings really quickly. Um, as far as getting back to your other questions, uh, what's your next step? Your next step is to build as many hours as you can. Uh, as far as the aviation degree is concerned, uh, since you are you know a little bit uh, later start to the game, I would say, uh, although not that much later. I mean, there's a lot of people starting you know ten years, twenty years later than you are right now. One of the things that I would do is try to build as much time as you can and also work on that degree if you could, maybe even while you're working at an airline. Uh, but remember, the the majors, yeah, they, they require, or the legacies or whatever you want to call them, require you to have a four-year degree. That doesn't mean that you can't get on with a quote-unquote regional. Remember, a lot of these regionals, uh, there are some that are actually bigger than certain major airlines out there. They have more pilots, et cetera. They're, they're, uh, they cover a larger area. I mean, the, the last regional that I had worked for was bigger than the, the or had more destinations than the actual uh, major that I work for now. So that, that can happen. You, uh, As a matter of fact, most of the regionals are considered 
to be major airlines and the, the Department of Transportation's definition. Uh, so, but but that's uh, an aside. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, get too hung up on on the degree right away. I'd get all your all your flying in if you could get your CFI and uh, get on, start flying for somebody, move forward. But you, yeah, if you want to move forward to a, a major, you definitely want to get that. Uh, you want to get that aviation degree eventually. Uh, you know, a good a good example is. And to give you a little more granularity, I actually spoke with somebody about the same issue, and, I, and he's like, you know, I only have a two-year degree. What should I do? And I was like, well, how many hours do you have? And he had more than enough to get on with the regionals. I said, well, get on with the regionals, but make sure you're disciplined and you finish that four-year degree, which he was able to do. But uh, the one caution I have is make sure, make sure you you really are disciplined and, and can move forward with that degree. So build those hours, get that degree as quickly as possible, and uh, hope that helps. Again, if you have any other questions, uh, send them my way. Let's see. The next question comes in. It's from uh, someone who says he's 47 years of age and wants an aviation career. It says, Carl, I stumbled across your podcast just recently. You do a great job here. Well, thanks. Your latest podcast about bush flying is the first I did listen to, and it gave me hope to challenge my luck again. I have an old and expired airline transport pilot Australian and a multi-engine commercial IFR in the United States and a theoretical flight instructor with 500-something hours in manned aviation piston, plus another 300-something hours of UAV flying, fixed-wing and helicopter, as well as over seven years of flight instructing in UAV helicopter and fixed-wing. The podcast gave me hope to once more try to enter the field of manned aviation. Keep up the good work. I'll listen to all the other podcasts since I'm commuting two hours each day. <laughs> Greetings from Sweden. Uh, well, gosh, <laughs> you know, thanks for the comments. I'm very happy the podcast keeps you inspired. Remember, it's never too late to pursue your dream. Uh, you just have to make sure that you, you look at it practically and you say, this is where I want to go. This is where, where I am right now. Uh, when I decided to change my career in my 30s, you know, I was a former business owner and a consultant. I said, you know, this is what I want to do and I really enjoy it. And, <laughs> you know, I took a few years where I didn't make much money. But it really has paid off. I'm enjoying my job. I love my job, and uh, I have a few more years left in it. So I'm 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 hoping that that you know that, that things will will turn out that I, I get to keep my job and don't get furlough again. I've been been through furloughs uh, a few times, but yeah, you always always think about your contingencies. Uh, if you are a little bit later on in life, uh, and, and you have some years to you, you know, look, there's practicalities to everything. Uh, you're not going to have as long to work because of your age. That's true with this career. That's true with most other careers, too. We have this hard deadline of age 65, uh, so that's not at an airline, but that's not true of, of corporate aviation. Something else to look at, and of course, we have a few of those episodes about corporate, too. Uh, but if airlines are your dream, I'd, I'd say just go for it. Uh, just just understand uh, the math and, and the, the fact that you won't make as much over a lifetime. As a matter of fact, in the next uh, seminar we do, uh, webinar. We're going to talk a little bit about that. You know how to how to not make that three million dollar uh, you know mistake of starting your career way too late. I, you know, I, and I hate to use that word mistake because, but really, if you're going to start a little later, it's going to cost you a little bit in the long run because it's not till the end of your career that you actually make more money in the airlines. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll mention that now. You make sure you go to aviationcareerspodcast.com/webinar and sign up for some of the webinars because. Uh, because the ones that are under there, uh, under the webinar page, are actually for free. So go check those out. 
Anyway, next uh, great question. I uh, hope that's helped. Again, uh, write in if you if you want. And by the way, uh, some of these questions are kind of old. Uh, I haven't been able to respond because of the fact I've been working so darn much lately. Uh, but uh, but we're really trying to ke- uh, catch up on some of these. As a matter of fact, uh, if you notice on this one, I'm trying to make it a little bit shorter. Uh, and, but I, and I want to get them out more frequently to you, so it helps out. Uh, I know a lot of you folks really want to listen to this to be inspired to fly. Anyway, the next question comes. Greetings from Argentina. I'm a mechanical engineer with a private pilot license. I'm 26 years old and starting to build hours for the commercial and instrument rating here in Argentina. Thanks for the webinars, training material, etc. Thanks a lot. They're really helpful training. And uh, hey, thanks for the emails, and I'm glad the webinars have helped in the training. Uh, we're also going to be uh, offering, again, more free and premium webinars in the future. Uh, just keep up to date. Again, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash webinar. Uh, or just sign up for our emails. You will get all those uh, emails that will tell you when the next webinar will be. Um, the uh, You know, it's been a lot of fun putting those together. And I found that, you know, this is great that I can speak to you, but it's a lot better if I have something visual. Uh, to help aid you in understanding the different concept in aviation. And <laughs> I did give a really simple, in the last webinar, a really simple explanation of seniority and how seniority works. You might want to go check that out. Uh, it was kind of fun to put together. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next question. It says, hi, I wanted to start by saying that I really appreciate your podcast. It has helped me tremendously in preparation for a career in aviation. You guys rock. Well, thanks. I'm in Stockholm, Sweden. I'm going to apply to a pilot college in Sweden that is for free. And since it's worth about $200,000, there are thousands of applicants for only 30 seats. Wow, that's pretty incredible. But if I don't try, I'll never know, right? And you are right. If you don't try, you will never know if you can make it. Uh, there's um, The question that he has is, how do you think I can prepare for the pilot aptitude test that I have to ace in order to have a chance? The test consists of logical ability, perceptual capacity, Spatial judgment, memory, technical, and mechanical understanding. Honestly, I can hardly understand what the test even consists of. Have you done a similar test? And if so, what are your thoughts and opinions on it? Uh, have you done a podcast episode about pilot aptitude tests, or would you consider bringing it up? Thank you in advance, and keep up the good work. Uh, first of all, good luck with the exam. Uh, there's lots of different books and courses online for all those different things that you talked about, logical ability, perceptual capacity, et cetera. Uh, yeah, the preparing for the technical interview uh, in even, you know, anywhere, uh, they have, there's books out there that, that, that bring you up to speed as to uh, these different aptitude tests. A good, I'll give you a good example. Um, I start with one called Mental Math for Pilots, uh, which you can find actually in my recommended reading tab, which, by the way, we finally got up there, the recommended reading tab. Uh, and I'll try to put some more out there as far as uh, technical interviews and, and getting ready for your, you know, these type of exams and these type of tests. Uh, you will find that there are many airlines that do like psychological exams, mechanical exams, uh, intelligence exams, and and as far as these aptitudes, there's a whole nother sector uh, in the world of psychology um, where you actually can prepare yourself to, to actually increase your logical ability, your perceptual capacity, your judgment, et cetera, your memory. There's lots of books on how to increase your memory, your technical, your mechanical understanding. So yes, be prepared. Read some of those books. There's lots of them in Amazon.com is a good resource. Uh, I don't have an extensive list, but I have a few of them on the website. So uh, if you get a chance, go to aviationcareerspodcast.com and uh, click on the Amazon link. And uh, that also helps us out here with the podcast. But uh, yeah, good luck with that exam. Uh, 
Next question comes in is actually a, a question to uh, Captain Geyer. Greetings, Captain Valeri. Uh, please allow me this opportunity to thank you for putting together this wonderful resource. I've been absorbing as much information as possible regarding a profession in the quote-unquote 121 environment. Your podcast is by far one of the most informational and unbiased. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Uh, 121, of course, he means like the scheduled airlines. Um, next paragraph, he says, a, a little bit about me. I began my passion for flight at the ripe old age of eight. My dad was an engineer, excuse me, a navigator on the B-29 had a friend take me up in an old 170 Cessna. It was a tease of a lifetime. I didn't fly again until age 45. For my 45th birthday, my wife gave me a gift of flight, or the curse, depending on your perspective. I was hooked again this time. No intentions of letting go. At this time, I was a career police officer nearing the retirement, really having no idea what life would be like after law enforcement. Unfortunately, life once again had other plans. A family situation would no longer allow me to fly. At age 50, in a retirement, came quickly. The need, yes, is the appropriate word. Need to fly was even stronger. Family situation was rectified, and all's well. Kids grew up and moved out. Wife grew up and moved out. It was just me. Sorry to hear that. Uh, so at age 51, I sold the house and almost all my belongings and began my uh, taxi roll to career my dreams. Uh, I very carefully researched flight schools, FBOs, colleges, etc. I decided on a fast-paced program due to my age and financial status. This past summer has been fun. I've studied for and successfully completed six FA knowledge tests, a private pilot IFR, commercial FOI, CFI, I. wow, that's a lot of them, and uh, also obtained as class one medical. Another important point, boy, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, make sure if you're going to get into a career in aviation, you can pass the medical. I'd, I'd go out and uh, and look into what it takes to actually pass the class one medical and uh, discuss it with your doctor, uh, discuss it with a, the aviation examiner and see if you can pass that class one medical. Anyway, getting back to his question. Jumping the gun, you might say to me, this was the most logical thing to do with my time this summer. My thoughts were, at the very least, to have a good basic understanding. Along with these, I'm also reading the Turbine Pilot's Handbook, a very informative, easy to read layman's guide to jet engines. That is an awesome book. Uh, I actually have a link to that in the recommended reading. It is a great, great resource. I also did some flying. Not much as money is tight. This time, or excuse me, this flying time would be spent concentrating on power off, power on stall, steep turns, lazy eights, spin awareness, and recovery. I limited my landings to only the ones necessary, not wanting to have it, uh, to unlearn bad habits. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, my flight training will begin, by the grace of God, on 5th of January 2015. Wish me luck. Well, of course. Uh, good luck. I, I, I know you can do it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot of work, but uh, yeah, it, it just takes persistence, perseverance, and you'll make it through. So his question for, for you and perhaps Captain Geyer, uh, and, and Robert Geyer was on a previous episode, is do you believe the regionals, quote unquote, would be interested in someone of my age? I'm not the type to job jump. I've been researching regionals and as of this writing, have what I believe will be my top four. This research is based on overall financial stability, future earnings, hiring, upgrade times, both real and projected. Whomever I choose, and whoever chooses me, will most likely have me until I can no longer fly the line due to age. Yes, I will more than likely retire from the regionals, hopefully as a captain, check airman, after all one needs a retirement job, right? Thank you for caring. I tell you, you are right. Everybody does need a retirement job. And that, that's an awesome uh, awesome idea is to move forward, captain, check airmen, et cetera. There are a lot of people that do retire from the regionals. Um, unfortunately, some of the regionals uh, have gone 
by the wayside, and people thought they were going to spend their entire careers there. Uh, don't discount the majors, though. Uh, I, I know that you can make you know decent living at the regionals, if you, especially if you go to one that's upgrading very quickly. Uh, once you start making the really good money at the regionals, it's hard to go backwards when you go back to the majors. But when you go to the majors, it may only take you two, three years, uh, maybe just two years to get back to your income you were making over at, at the regionals. Uh, I just was had this discussion with somebody who was very senior at a regional and decided to leave to go to the majors. And he said after three years, he was back to his, his income. And after five years, he well surpassed that. So, uh, so don't, you know. Don't discount it. As a matter of fact, let me read you Robert Geyer's uh, response to this. Robert Geyer, uh, his uh, response is, Greetings. First, congratulations on retirement from law enforcement. If I was not a pilot, that would be a very cool profession to get into. Um, as an aside, there's a lot of uh, law enforcement that go into flying, it's, it's, uh, and also a lot of computer people. So there's technicalities, there's law, et cetera, and I think there's, there's an appeal for, for the, the type of person that's in law enforcement, also in computers, to move over. Anyway, he continues. Thanks for your question. Short answer is yes. Regional Airlines will be interested. In my experience, I have seen early to mid-50 pilots come aboard as new hires. One guy that comes one guy that comes to mind took early retirement from Continental back in the day to collect his lump sum. He came to my airline to finish his time until retirement. That was back in 2006 when there were plenty of pilots in the pipeline. Now more than ever there's a need, so I do not think age will be a factor at all. I've recently seen many around your age bracket getting hired. I think we just had a 60-year-old guy go through training recently. If you meet the ATP minimums, then you would be good to go. Funny side story. My buddy, who is another Czech airman, just was hired at Delta with only eight years left before retirement. So if it can happen at the majors, it for sure can happen at the regional level. If you wish to fly after age 65, there could be very lucrative jobs that could be had. The 121 time you would be able to put on your resume could serve you well for companies like NetJets, etc. There's no age limit for retirement. In fact, many corporate jobs have ex-airline people flying for them. So network, network, network. It can be done. One last thing, although you did not ask, but I will tell others, when looking for a regional, try to find one that has a livable base. This job is night and day between commuting and not commuting. Commuting is workable, but on a regional level, it can be a rough time for some. Just sometimes, something to consider when looking at prospective carriers. I hope all this helps, Robert Geyer. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for that response. If you have any other questions about the regional, Robert's a wonderful resource. Uh, Robert and I flew together years ago, and um, this brings up a good point as far as commutability. It is important. You're, now, now, what do we mean by that? In the airline, since you can fly for free anywhere in the world, you can live anywhere in the world. Commuters are those people that don't actually live near their base. Uh, yes, we all commute to work. I understand that. You know, we all have to drive our cars into work. But usually the person that's driving to work isn't quote-unquote considered a commuter, although to me that's commuting. But, uh, but yes, if you fly to work, uh, then you're a commuter. Now, that can change. I'm a good example. Uh, I was driving to work, and I just changed my base. So now I'm a 1,000 miles away, so I fly to work. Sometimes what I have to do, I have to go to work the day early, and then I can't get home till the day afterwards. This is what commuting does in a practical sense. A lot of times it'll limit the amount of money you make because what happens is this, is you want to be home more. I'm a great example. I, I do minimum schedule. 
I fly only 70 hours a month, and I try to get home uh, as much as possible. So it, it kind of limits my income there, but it gives me opportunity to do these things, like my podcasts, etc. But what I also do is I get commutable trips. What does that mean? That means that I try to get trips that start later in the day so I can commute up in the morning on an airline. And then at the end of the trip, I try to get them to finish early in the morning so I can commute home. What does that do for me? Well, usually I wind up doing a red eye on the last day, and I am just toast. I am so tired on that last day uh, going you know, back from my commute home. So if I lived in base, it changes the world dramatically. A good example is I was just talking to, uh, I actually just flew with a guy. That's right. I just flew with this guy who's, uh, uh, he lives in base. And I'm like, hey, how long is your commute home? He said, eh, 40 minutes maybe, 45 minutes at tops. I was like, wow. I mean, for me, my door-to-door commute is usually six hours from the time I leave home till the time I get work. Uh, in, in my base in New York now, I actually will have six-hour commute. And that also brings up another, another thing, too, about lifestyle and your bases, etc. I actually decided to move to this base that was further away because of the fact that, you know, I'm married now and my wife has a 9-to-5 type of job Monday through Friday. And for me to get weekends off, I have to go to a base where I'm more senior uh, so that I can actually get those days off on the weekend. It's been great. Um, the only thing is, though, of course, I have to commute a little bit further. Although, then again, someone else is doing the driving and not me. Uh, some people have known nothing else other than commuting, and some people uh, think it's, they take it in stride and don't think it's that bad. I personally, I'd rather just be able to drive to work, and I've done that, and it's been absolutely wonderful. Because uh, think about this, sometimes I spend one or two days out of my month just going back and forth to work, and that's one or two days I'm not home. So anyway, thank you, Robert Geyer, for that, uh, for that response. And, and thank you for the question, though. That's terrific. You know, it, it's never too late, but just know your options again. Look, go into it with, with wide open eyes. So next question says, or next comment, hi, uh, January, I'm going to start school uh, at a majoring in aviation. My uncle was a pilot, and when I was a child, he used to sneak me up to Oshkosh in every airport we could think of and get me flying without my parents knowing. Anyway, I went to college and I forgot about my dream, but every time I looked up, I remembered that it was like, and now I know this is what I want to do. My uncle said he would love to help me, but he recently passed away from pancreatic cancer. My family thinks I'm crazy, like they thought he was crazy. I can't imagine my future stuck on the ground. The point of this whole thing is that I was hoping you could point me in the direction of scholarships. Uh, you know, my GPA right now is 3.6, and that's not a problem. It's just finding the scholarships. I love the podcasts and find them super helpful. <laughs> I also love the t-shirts. Thanks. Well, thanks so much. Uh, you know, one of the best places to, to find scholarships, and we've actually put a counter on our website we're getting close to a million dollars in aviation type scholarships is, you know, go to the aviation uh, scholarships guide or go right here, aviation careers, podcast.com uh, and have a, a large, large list. Um, but the, uh, this actually, this email, by the way, was sent in uh, to uh, the airplane geeks and the airplane geeks podcast. So make sure I'm going to put a link, make sure you go out there and check out the airplane geeks podcast. Uh, and this from uh, max flight, He's uh, actually the person who hosts this show. I'll, I'll read you his response first before I go into scholarships. But uh, he says, The best place to find aviation scholarships, loans, and grants is Aviation Careers Podcast. Carl has a giant list of scholarships. Plus, you might want to subscribe to his podcast. From your email, I think 
you know that you want, or you know what you want to do in life, and I'm pretty sure you'll get there because you have the passion and the drive. Sorry to hear about your uncle, but I have the feeling that he would be very proud of you, Max. Well, Max, that's a wonderful email, and yes, I'm sure he would be very proud of you. Uh, the I tell you, the the T-shirts that she uh, she was mentioning was also the the shirts that they have on on uh, uh, airplane geeks. And make sure you go out there and check out that podcast. Uh, you know, again, sorry to hear again about your uncle, but here's somebody who's inspired you and inspired you to do something that's that's absolutely terrific in life, and and has given you inspiration to reach your goal. So that person is still really, truly living through you and, and through your dreams. So I would say, yes, go for it, go forward. Uh, scholarships are, are an interesting thing. There's many of them out there, um, but you have to narrow it down to the ones that you can apply for. Uh, there's, out of all the scholarships on all the different websites, and we have many different ones, we have a whole section on scholarships just if for specific states uh, in Montana, etc. cetera. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll bring that one up later. But it really is important to apply to as many as you can. And like I said, we've, uh, we're going to talk about just aviation scholarships, how to apply for them. I might just make it a webinar. We're not sure if we're going to do a, a whole episode on that. But I think it's really important to, to give it a shot and apply because you never know. There's many needs-based scholarships. There are many organizations you can join that have scholarships. Or there's scholarships that are provided by those organizations. And you don't even have to be a member. Or with some of them, all you have to be is a member. and But you don't say... Um, the women in aviation, they have scholarships. And you think, well, you're not a female, so you're not going to be able to apply. But that's not true. Uh, a lot of the scholarships out there are for everybody to apply for. So make sure you look at those. Uh, and check out aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. And the first 60 of those, as if you register, the first 60 are free. Uh, we have, gosh, I think we're up to like 120 and we're reaching up to about a million dollars in scholarships soon. Uh, we keep putting a lot more of those together. If you have any questions about the scholarships, of course, contact me or Russ, who's actually the person that that administers all those those scholarships. Well, folks, this was a quick episode. I wanted to put this together uh, just uh, for, you know, get something out there because we've, like I said, I've been kind of busy. I'm trying to do these every other week right now. Uh, we'll try to go back to a weekly podcast shortly. Uh, we do have another one, Stuck Mike Avcast, that we produce, but uh, this has been absolutely wonderful. I love sharing my career and other people's careers with you and questions. Uh, I absolutely love the aviation career. And you know, there's there's other things in life too that I love to do. This allows me, gives me the time to do that. Uh, I make a decent living. It gives me the money to be able to do those things. So that's that's one of the things I like about the aviation career. I also love the fact that I get to meet some really interesting people and fly to some really cool places. You know, if you get a chance uh, before I close, just go out to uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com and visit our sponsors on the right side. They're the folks that bring this to you, and uh, they're the ones that help finance us uh, here so we can bring this podcast to you. Also consider annual membership. Annual membership actually uh, includes the scholarships guide. So if you want to look at all the scholarships, uh, you'll have to become an annual member. Uh, the other thing is at the bottom of each podcast I have links to everything. So if you go to aviationcarespodcast.com slash 70, that's this episode. At the bottom I'll have links to all the things that we talked about. There's extensive show notes. So make sure you head out to the website 
website and check those out. Another thing that people have asked me is about coaching, if I'd be willing to work with them as far as career coaching. Uh, I've done some coaching in the past, and uh, we were kind of, you know, reticent to, to start doing that, but but now we've been able to figure out the schedule. So what we're gonna, what we've done is set up a coaching page, and uh, just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com/coaching. Uh, the first session is uh, will actually include uh, annual membership, so it's almost like you're getting the first session for free, and uh, that you'll see the price out there. Right now we're offering it at seventy five dollars for the first uh, career session, and you get access to all these different things on the website, the scholarships, etc. So go check that out if you're interested in uh, getting help with moving forward in your career. Uh, I've helped a lot of folks in the past, and uh, again, you know, I used to work helping furloughed pilots. I also, uh, at one point, owned a, a consulting firm and was uh, helping a lot of people move forward in their careers there. Reviewed a lot of resumes and that type of thing, but uh, we don't do as much resume review. We just don't really have as much time for that. Plus, we really want to focus on, on coaching and moving you forward in your career. Well, the other one other thing I have to mention too is I forgot was the uh, the aviation scholarship. There's a scholarship of the week, and uh, this is actually on the paid portion of the website. Is the a love of aviation scholarship? I like that one. Neat name, and it, it basically is to help defray cost of education. In other words, flight instruction, your AMP, etc. And it's offered to people from Montana to help defray the cost of education. So if you're from Montana, this is the scholarship for you. It's a value of $750, and it's uh, I'll put a link to it. It's right out there on uh, on the scholarships page. But uh, somebody, an anonymous donor, uh, actually established a scholarship and uh, actually had some other anonymous donors apply, put more towards the scholarship. And actually, it uh, can also be found on the Montana Aeronautics Division uh, website. So, uh, so go check that out. Well, folks, I really appreciate your listening today. We, uh, you know, if you're interested in a career in aviation, if you're interested in any career, make sure that you have a plan. Make sure you keep yourself motivated. And to keep yourself motivated, a lot of times what you need to do is somehow have something you can hang on to, some type of, you know, you have to have a success. So what you need to do is this. Usually what I do is to have a small success is to do something right now, something that you can do that will move you forward in your career. Take something, you know, read a book, listen to a podcast, do something right now. If you have a story, we'd love to read it on here about your success in your career and or in your ratings. We'd love to hear about that and what you did to overcome certain obstacles. And it's a wonderful thing to hear from other people that have actually gone through the same thing and have had the same challenges that you've had. It's a wonderful thing to share with other people. Because you know what? If I can do it, you can do it. Uh, but we still need to hear that encouragement over and over. And that's what I'm hoping this podcast does for you. You know, I know you can do it. You know you can do it. No matter what it is in life that you want to do and you want to achieve, if you can dream it, you can do it. You just have to now put a solid foundation underneath those dreams and build towards that castle in the sky, as they say, and and build towards that dream. Build towards the thing that you want to do. Uh, you know, maybe it is in aviation. You know, one side effect from this podcast, and this sometimes this gets me a little down, is the fact that people listening to this podcast have decided, hey, this isn't for me. This is not the career I want. They still want to listen to different careers and what people do, but they want to do something else. Well, that's terrific. I hope, though, that this has helped you move forward to whatever it is, whatever career goal that you have, especially if it's one in aviation. Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode. I really appreciate you listening. Safe flying. 
You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.